Welcome to another inspirational message from Hillsong Church, London. So isn't it good to be in the room? You know, we, when we went back a few, um, probably eight weeks ago, just over eight weeks ago, um, I think we were allowed 50 people in the room. But you know what? I didn't care. I was just so excited to have 50 people together. I was in the foyers having coffee. I was just loving everyone. I was talking to the children. I was just having the time of my life because I was just so happy to be back at church. And it's so nice to be in the room and so nice to be in the room tonight. But those of you that don't know me, which is probably most of you in the room, my name is Lucinda, like Pastor Tim said. And I'm married to Pastor Phil. I call him Pastor Phil. He makes me call him Pastor Phil. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I'm married to Phil Dooley, and he is awesome, legend, person, 99% of the time. (laughs) I have three incredible children. My two daughters are here somewhere. Where are they? Okay, stand up, stand up, stand up. Obey your mother. There they are, little legends. I have three children. I have a daughter who's 22 years of age. Her name's Abigail Grace, and she's amazing. I have another daughter, and um, she's 19 years of age. No, yes, are you 20 or 19? I've forgotten. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. She's 19. Are you 20? 19. Her name is Isabella Rose, and she is next level. And I have a little boy, well, he's not that little anymore. He's taller than me, he's 17. And his name is Zachariah Joseph Philip Dooley. I couldn't decide, so I called him all the names. I have two dogs, Spencer and Stanley, and we adopted them from the adoption home, and they're absolutely awesome. I swear dogs are like angels sent to earth to like minister to you. That's just my philosophy. It's probably not true at all. And they are awesome. And you know, I'm actually English. Well, British, I'm British. Can you tell I'm British? When I come to England, I start talking British. (laughs) And a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's like Jamie Oliver, he's my favorite. But I was born in Northern Ireland. And I know, shout out to the Irish. And then when we were seven, my family migrated to Australia. And then um, 13 years ago, we migrated with our family to South Africa, to Pioneer Hillsong Church in South Africa. And now it's Hillsong Church in Africa. And we've gone into um, a few different Africans, African countries like Kenya, and very, um, beginning in Kenya, and then we're going to Nigeria. <laughs> yes, Nigeria! I'm so excited about that. And also we're in Mauritius. And so it's just good days, good days to be alive. And so I feel like I'm a little bit British. Um, I'm with you. And anyway, I've taken so much time in my introduction. I can speak fast. (laughs) Okay, we're just gonna share the word together. Are you ready? What I wanna speak to you tonight is this. I wanna, I wanna speak to you, so if you've got your notebooks and your pens, maybe get them out or your phone or your iPad or whatever gadget you would like to use. I wanna speak, I've called my message today this. Seven things I'm certain about when things seem uncertain. That's what I wanna speak to you. Seven things I am absolutely 
absolutely certain about when things seem uncertain. And I pray tonight, these are things I'm certain about. I, am, I believe they've got conviction from God's Word in each one of them. So I hope tonight you walk out of these doors absolutely as certain as I am about the things that I'm certain about. So seven things I'm certain about when things seem uncertain. And look, it has been an incredibly um, crazy, interesting um, Never ever would any of us have imagined the last two years, would you? I would never, if you had told me this would happen in the world, I would have said no way on so many fronts, so many topics, so many issues, so many things. And the last two years have been a little bit wild, a little bit uncertain, a little bit crazy. But I have tonight seven things I am absolutely certain about. Would you like to know what they are? Okay, the first thing that I am certain about, absolutely certain, I am sold, you cannot change my mind. Nothing you say or do would ever shift me. I am certain about this. Number one, I am certain that God's got us. I am certain that God's got us. Can you say that? God's got me. Look at your neighbour, say, God's got you. Now look them in the eyes. Look the other neighbour and say, God's got you. Look at the other neighbour, say, God's got us. God's got us. <laughs> Church, I've come to tell you, literally, if that is all I get to tell you tonight, I will be very happy because if you can be reminded that God has got you, I believe that you're gonna walk out of here full of faith, full of hope, full of joy, full of peace, full of rest because if you're certain in your heart, God's got me, something good can happen out of that foundation. You know, God's got Hillsong London. God's got you in the rebuild. God's got Tim and Nicola in the new adventure. God's got Gary and Kathy in their new adventure. God's got us, God's got us where He's taking us. God has got us. And I wanna remind you today that God's got you. Now, let me show you this most amazing scripture. We're gonna read it together in Isaiah 49 and verse 15 to 16. Look at this, Isaiah 49, it says, See this, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. How amazing is that church? That God has engraved you. I don't wanna fall off this stage. <laughs> Just shout at me if I'm going to. Church, look me in the eyes for a minute. God has engraved you, your name, on the palm of his hand. And that's why he went to the cross for you and I. For you and, I. and so if you are feeling uncertain today, if you're feeling unsafe if you're feeling like a sense of, man, I don't know what the future has is, is got for me, can I just remind you today, if you hold out your hand and you can imagine that Jesus went to Calvary and He said, I've engraved you. I've engraved your name. If you open your door of your heart to Jesus, He goes, I've engraved your name on the palm of my hand. And now today, He's upholding you. And the Bible talks a lot about this, that He upholds you with His righteous right hand. And I wanna remind you today, church, that God's got you. God's got you, God's holding you safely, God's holding you securely. And I want you today, I want you tonight again to put your hands back, put your life back in His hands. If, you've, if you got out of His hands, you know, like you can jump out of His hands and start running ahead and doing your own thing. I wanna encourage you, jump back into His arms. Jump back into His arms because He wants to hold you and He wants to keep your name engraved on the palm of His hand. And He wants to remind you tonight that He's got you. And I remember in 2008, we landed in Hillsong, we, not Hillsong, <laughs> we didn't land in Hillsong. In 2008, we landed in South Africa. And I remember it was Phil and me and our three kids. 
And we didn't know where we were gonna live. We didn't know what schools we were gonna go to. We were gonna start a church. We didn't know where we were gonna start the church. I used to often say, do you think anyone's gonna come to our church? And I would say, what if nobody comes to our church? What will we do? And I'm like, worst case scenario, we'll go back to Australia. We'll get another job. We'll do something. But I used to think there was all this uncertainty. But as I cast my mind back, to 2008, now we're in 2021, and I look at every single one of those 13 years and I realise that God has got us, God has had us, God has had every single detail, He's guided us where we should live, He's guided us where we should start church, He's guided us when each step we should take, what schools we should send our kids to. Even my daughter, four day, three days after arriving in the country, she fell and cracked her, el- her elbow and had to go to surgery. We didn't even know where a doctor was. And even in hindsight, I can't cast my mind back to that. People tell me, no, you got the best doctor in the whole of Cape Town. No, you got the best anaesthetist. I don't know if they were the best, but everyone said they were the best. And I realised, I cast my mind back and I said, God was in every single detail. And do you know what? I'm reminded that God had us then and God has got us now. And I wanna remind you, church, tonight that God has got you. Your name is engraved in the palm of His hand. Can I show you that that, um, verse quickly in the message version? And it says this, can a mother forget an infant at her breast? Okay, I said breast. (laughs) I wait up, should I read this scripture? Should I say breast in church or should I not? (laughs) How funny is that? And I decided to go with it. We are reading about breasts. (laughs) It's in the Bible, so hey. Can a mother forget the infant at her breast and walk away from her baby that she has born? But even if a mother forgets, I'd never forget you, never. Look, I've written your names on the backs of my hands. The walls that you're rebuilding are never out of my sight. How amazing is that? The walls that you are rebuilding are not out of his sight because God's got you. If a mother would forget her child, God's reminding us, hello, no, no, I'll never forget you because I've engraved you on the palm of my hand. I've got you, I've got you, and the walls you're rebuilding, the things that you're gonna rebuild in your life, your strength, your health, your future, your church, your family, your people, your mind, your heart, all of it. He goes, the walls that you're rebuilding, I'm with you, I've got this. And then he says this awesome scripture, your builders are faster than your wreckers. Okay, can you take that into your chapter ahead? Your builders are faster than your wreckers. And I wanna prophesy that over Hillsong London that the builders are gonna be faster than the wreckers. People have tried to wreck, the enemies tried to wreck, but I wanna say this, that the builders are faster and better than the wreckers. And what's ahead? God's got us. Your name is engraved on the palm of us. on the palm of his hand. And do you know, whenever I get up to in our church to say the closing prayer and to send everybody out, I know I, I undoubtedly always pray Psalm 139. And it says this, that God goes before us and he goes behind us and he puts his hand of blessing on us. And I wanna declare that over you tonight, that God has gone before you and God has gone behind you and God has put his hand of blessing on you. And everybody said, amen, because God's got us. Can you shout it out? God's got us. I am certain God's got us. Number two thing that I'm certain of, I'm certain of this, that people are the prize. I'm certain of that, people are the prize. Everybody in the room, look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. If I was having a coffee with you today, I would tell you this, that you're the prize. Did you know that you're the prize? 
get emotional. How awesome. <laughs> You're the prize. And God wants to tell you that tonight. You're the prize. You might not feel like the prize. <laughs> you might not look like the prize. But you're the prize. And do you know, I wanna read you this most amazing scripture. It's in James chapter one and verse 18. James 1, 18. And it says, listen to this church. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we out of all creation have become his prized possession. Did you hear that? We out of all creation have become his prized possession that we might be a kind of first fruits of all creation. It goes on and says that, that we might be a kind of first fruits. Now, church, do you know, Nicola got up here with the offering and she encouraged you tonight, if you were listening, to bring your first to God, to bring your best to God. Well, do you know in this scripture, God is actually saying all humanity are a first fruit. You and I are God's first fruit. We are God's best and God's finest on the earth. That is amazing. I realize I'm a tithe. <laughs> I'm like God's best and God's finest. And I wanna rem remind you tonight, I wanna look you in the eyes and I wanna remind you that you are His prized possession. God's got us and people are the prize. You are the prize. When you walk out in that crazy street tonight and there's so many people, even if you catch their eye for a minute, think in your mind, people are the prize. When you go into a cafe this week, can you think people are the prize? What would I do for that person that could be a blessing? When you go into um, your university or your school or uh, your workplace or with people that you're with this week, can you look them in the eye? And can you think to yourself, people are the prize? Because do you know what? People are His prized possession and so many people don't know it and He's depending on us to go tell them that you're the prize, you're the prize, you're the prize. Can I tell you something? Come here, let me tell you, you're the prize tonight and God wants to remind you. How, what a beautiful thought, hey? I'm absolutely certain that people are the prize. The third thing I'm absolutely certain about, I'm absolutely certain, you can never change my mind, that the Word is an anchor. The Word of God is an anchor. And do you know, I don't know about you, but I would say the one thing, the one, one, one thing that has sustained my life from 2019, 2020 to 2021, it's the Word of God. You know, when there's been all kinds of crazy things like, um, you know, people passing away and people struggling and words being spoken and stuff being said and misunderstandings and all kinds of things in the mix. Do you know the one thing, church, the one thing that settled my heart every single time, it's pulled me back. It's almost like it's gone like this, pulled me back and centered my life. It's God's Word. And I wanna remind you tonight that the Word of God is an anchor, the Bible, the Bible, the Word of God. Every time you open it, He's got something He wants to speak to you. May I read you a passage? It's in, um, we'll read it together. It's in Hebrews chapter six. Oh, my scriptures are here. That's so nice. Have they always been there and I didn't see it? <laughs> okay. It's okay. If I do silly things, we're all, I'm not trying to impress anyone. We're all in it together, hey? But this is what it says, Hebrews 6. When God wanted to guarantee His promise, you gotta read, you gotta get this because it's so good. When God wanted to guarantee His promises, He gave what? No, church, come on. When God wanted to guarantee His promises, what did He give? His Word, amazing. A rock solid guarantee. 
God can't break His Word. Shout it out. God can't break His Word. And because His cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let it go. It is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, reaching past all appearances, right into the presence of God, where Jesus is running on ahead of us. Do you know what, church? I wanna remind you tonight that God's Word is an anchor. God's Word will pull you somewhere. You know where it pulls you. It pulls you right into God's presence. You might just read one simple thing. On the aeroplane, landing into, into um, London today, you know, we came into land. I was reading, I was reading the Word. It was amazing. As we were about 200 feet off the runway, the plane didn't land. It took off again. <laughs> I was having like a momentary cardiac arrest. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what's happening? Because I don't like flying. And then a minute or so later, the pilot came over the loudspeaker and he said, I'm very sorry, you may have noticed that we didn't land. We, kept, we took off again because there was a fox on the runway. <laughs> like that dirty fox. <laughs> Anyway, that's nothing to do with my sermon. But I was reading the Bible and it said this, in, in the Word of God, it said that Jesus gathered His 12 and He gave them two things, power and authority. And that was all I read. And you know, I was, in one moment, I felt God's presence in the, on the plane. I felt God's presence. I'm like, it's okay, God's given us power. He's given us authority because His Word is an anchor and it takes us into His presence. And church, I wanna remind you to read it differently this week. Read it with that in mind that it's taking you somewhere because you need God's Word to anchor you. You need Him to anchor you when the seas are very, very good. When life is good, you need Him to anchor you. And I have a di um, diagram, I have a picture here of a boat that's um, on the ocean and, and things are good here, it's, it's peaceful. But they need that anchor then. Do you know what they need it? Because if they don't have the anchor, they're gonna start to drift. So you always need the Word of God, even in the good seasons, it anchors you, it keeps you from drifting. And then you have, the, you need the anchor as well when things are turbulent and when things are rough, like more like this. And why do you need it then? You need the Word then, because like, that's kind of like the last two years, it's been turbulent and rough. And you've need, I've needed God to settle my heart because you know in the rough seas, He keeps you going. He keeps you from tipping over and being absolutely shipwrecked and, and hijacked. And so you need the anchor then. You need the anchor when things are good. You need the anchor when things are bad. So I am absolutely certain that God's Word is an anchor. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. Number four thing that I am absolutely certain about is this. I'm certain about this, church, that the future is better than the past. <laughs> are we still allowed to say in 2021 that the best is yet to come? Can we say that still? Can you shout it out with me? The best is yet to come. Do you know how good it is? How good is it to declare that into the atmosphere? The best is yet to come. And do you know what, church? I wanna say with all of my heart, the future for you is better than the past. The future for our church is better than the past. And I wanna say, I wanna say with all of my heart, that doesn't mean there'll be no rough waters. It doesn't mean there'll be no challenges up ahead. But I am saying that the future will definitely be better than the past. And I wanna read you a scripture in Lamentations. Lamentations chapter three and verse 20 to 27, it says, I will never forget, I will never forget 
I will never forget this awful time. Get this, church, this is amazing. I will never forget this awful time as I grieved over my loss. So he wasn't afraid to acknowledge the awful time. He wasn't afraid to acknowledge the challenge and the grief. He says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Do you know, church, we can read that Scripture and it says that His mercies are new every single morning. If God's mercies are new every morning, what does that say to us? That I believe we can actually say with absolute certainty that the future is definitely gonna be better than the past because if every morning, tomorrow morning, you're gonna wake up, His mercies are anew. The next morning you're gonna wake up, His mercies are anew. What is He? reminding us of. It might have been a challenging time. There might even still be some challenges, but He just wants to prompt your heart and say, it's going to be okay. God's got us. You're His prized possession. The Word of God is your anchor and the future is going to be better than the past. And do you know, in South Africa, right down in the very, very tip of South Africa, there's a a cape. It's called the Cape um, of Storms. We may have a picture that comes up on the screen, but it's called the Cape of Storms. Yeah, this is a crazy picture. And it's where the, um, I think it's the Indian Ocean meets the Pacific, Atlantic, that's what I said. It meets the Atlantic Ocean. But what happens because of that, they call it the Cape of Storms because it gets absolutely crazy stormy. And when the Portuguese back in the day tried to come into our country, learning this history, came into our country. What would happen is it was such turbulent seas that they would make it, they made it into our country. And so it was called the Cape of Storms, but because they made it into our country, they changed the name from the Cape of Storms to the Cape of Good Hope. Do you know that? The Cape of Good Hope. Because they realised that if you can get through the stormy waters and you can hang on to your hope, you're gonna do okay. And I wanna say, if you can get through the stormy waters and you hang on to your hope, it's actually gonna be okay. And so I wanna remind church tonight that the future for you is better than the past, okay? And then number five, number five thing I'm absolutely certain about, this is an awesome one. You ready for this one? I'm absolutely certain about this. I'm certain that our words will build our world. I'm absolutely certain our words will build our world. And do you know at the moment, there's a lot of words that are being spoken. There's a a lot of words. And there's words like um, anxiety. I'm not downplaying downplaying any of these words because these words are very, very real. But there are words like anxiety. And there's words like fear. And there's a massive word that I've heard, I've heard, I don't know if you've heard, but over the last 80 months, it's the word lament. And there's that word lament. And I just read from the lament, lamentations. And there's words like, um, what are the words? There's words like, oh, there's words like deconstruct, or deconstructing things, um, and different words. And you know, I actually felt, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying the words, but what I felt the Holy Spirit tweak my heart with, heart with was to be very careful with what I'm articulating. 
And I felt like that word articulating. And the, and the reason I felt, I think I felt it because God wanted to remind me that my words are gonna build my world. And I wanna say to you today that your words are gonna build your world. Our words as a church are gonna build our world. And so I think we have to look at our, our, world, our words <laughs> because whatever kind of world you wanna live in, you gotta come back to what it is you're creating with the words that you speak. And let me show you this scripture in Proverbs chapter 18. In verse 20, it says this, and from the fruit of their mouth, Proverbs 18 verse 20, it says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. How good is that? Do you see that? From the fruit of your mouth, a person's stomach is filled. And with the harvest of their lips, they will be satisfied. And so I guess it begs to ask the question, like what is coming out of your mouth? As much as there's anxiety, there's also like a peace that can be found in Jesus Christ. And as much as there is um, deconstruction in the world today and deconstructing different things, I believe that God is, He was a carpenter for a reason. And I think He's a carpenter because He knows how to build and He knows how to rebuild. And do you know, as much as there's um, re deconstructing, I think there's reconstructing. And do you know what, as much as there's no hope, I think there's hope that can be found in Jesus. And as much as there is, you know, sadness and sorrow and lament, and I'm not downplaying it, I just know that also the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I just wanna remind us, as much as there's discouragement and defeat, there's also someone called David who teaches us that we've gotta learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And I just wanna say, let's go back to the word being our anchor and let's make a decision, man, I'm gonna look at the words that I'm speaking because I wanna look at the world that I'm creating because I want my harvest to be one that is good and I want my harvest to be one that I wanna live in in the years ahead. So if you want your harvest to be good, you've gotta look at the words that you're creating around you. And so I just wanna encourage us that I am certain that our words will create the world that we live in. And number, um, where am I up to? Number six, good, good job, church. Number six is this, I am absolutely certain and the worship team might wanna come is this, I am certain that your heart will determine your health. I'm certain, church, you just gotta look at me for a minute, I wanna talk to you. Look, look me, look me. <laughs> um, look at this scripture, your heart will determine your health. The scripture I wanna read to us is this, in Proverbs 27, Proverbs 27, and it says, 19, as water reflects the face, so one's life will reflect your heart. As water will reflect your face. I think we have a, maybe a simple diagram, a simple picture. Why am I calling them diagrams? I think because that's a diagram, I'm getting mixed up. Look, simple, kind of hilarious picture. It's the only one I could find. <laughs> it's a memory, it's a memory. But look at that. As water reflects your face, so your heart is gonna reflect your life. And so church, I wanna ask you honestly, honestly, how is your heart tonight? How's your heart? Do you even know what your heart is? Can I show you what your heart is? Because sometimes you think your heart is, is um, you know, just how you feel and how you're going and stuff. But your heart is this amazing, amazing thing. And I wanna show you quickly what it is. This is what our heart is. It's gonna come up on the screen. It says the heart is this, your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotions, your understanding, your memory, your inclinations, your resolution, your determination, your conscience, your appetites, 
your passions and your courage. And do you know, church, if you start to look at that list, can I ask you, how's your heart? How's your heart? Because it's very, very important. I've spent like, <laughs> I was gonna tell you my age. I'm 25 years of age. I've spent 25, why do you laugh? I've spent 25 years working on my heart. <laughs> Add a few. But I, I really have, and I still, every single day, work on my heart. And the reason I work on my heart, because I realise my life is gonna reflect what goes on in here. And it's, you know, your church, it's true church. This church, it's gonna reflect what goes on in the heart of it. So it's absolutely, I cannot tell you enough how certain I am that your heart is gonna determine your health. If your heart is unhealthy, the heart of who you are is unhealthy, it's gonna determine the, the health of your life. And I wanna encourage you to keep taking, you know what I want you to do with your heart? I want you to do these things, write them down. Every single day, I want you to do this. Pay attention to it, pay attention to your heart and examine it. The Bible says examine your heart. So pay attention, examine your heart. The second thing I want you to do is address it. Have the courage to address it. The third thing is allow time to journal what's in your heart. The fourth thing is articulate it. The fifth thing is apply um, the necessary effort to fix what is going on in your heart. And I think if you can do those five things, I believe that you're gonna walk forward into a life of greater fruitfulness, greater blessing and greater reward in Jesus' Name. And the final thing, and I need to say this fast, is this, I wanna say the final thing I'm certain about is your faith will determine your future. Your faith will determine your future. And I believe tonight, church, can I say something? That I believe God wants to do, put, give you a fresh impartation of faith. And can I read you this story? Listen to this in Matthew 9. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed Him calling out, Him, have mercy on us, son of David. Two blind men came calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. And when they had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and they asked him, do you believe that I am able? And Jesus asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their sight was restored. According to your faith, be it unto you. In this passage in the Bible, I'm absolutely love, I love this story. I have my, um, I have my eye patch here tonight because I just wanna illustrate it. <laughs> Only because these are the colour eye masks and we have like, I think we still have 9,000 of them that we've never given out because we had COVID. But this is the story, like in this story, there's these two blind men. What I love about these two blind men is they weren't afraid to bring their impossible situation to Jesus. And they were blind, like they couldn't see. And they're walking around and they were, the, the situation with these men is that they were men, they weren't boys. They weren't boys, they were men. So they'd obviously lived with this condition for a long time. And then yet they still decided, they heard that Jesus was coming and they still decided, we're not gonna stop. We're not gonna be held back by any voices. We're not gonna not come to Him, but we're gonna take our impossible situation and we're gonna take it to the foot of the cross. And that is what they did. They took their impossible situation to the foot of the cross. And then there's this thing, three things I wanna say. In this, in this passage, there's a question, there's a statement, there's a question, and then there's an observation. And this is what we see here. The there's a question, a statement, and an observation. The question is this. The question Jesus asks is, do you believe I'm able to do this? this 
The statement that comes across is, according to your faith, be it unto you. And then the observation is that their sight was restored. And I wanna say tonight, Hillsong London, do you believe that God is able to do this? Do you believe that God is able to change England? Do you believe that out of England, that God is able to change the rest of the world? Do you believe that God is able to do this? He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And I think He wants to remind you, do you believe that God is able to do this? And then there was an, an observ- a statement, according to your faith, be it unto you. And I wanna say, according to our faith, I am absolutely certain that our faith will determine our future. Come on, church. Our faith will determine the future that we step into. Our faith tonight in Hillsong, London is gonna determine the future that England has. So God wants to stir your faith. He wants to stir our hearts tonight. And I believe He wants to infuse you with a new level of faith for what He has for us. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. For more information about Hillsong Church London, please visit hillsong.co.uk.